Hello and welcome to the download. I'm your host, Dave Richardson, and it's time for our quarterly David and David podcast. I would actually put my guest, David Riley, as the first David in the uh, the David and David podcast, because he's, he's the smarter one. I'm not sure about better looking, but certainly smarter. Uh, David Riley, Chief uh, uh, Investment Strategist at uh, Blue Bay Asset Management in London, and, and David, uh, we, we always like to, to check in. Uh, a lot of the, most of the guests that we have on uh, are stationed here in North America, uh, but we always like to check in with our experts uh, across the pond and see what they're thinking about. So, David, what's your focus right now? Yeah, well, it's, it's great to speak to you again, Dave. And um, I think you've just given away why you never have me on video, and it's always a uh, podcast. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, I've got a face for... I've got a face for radio rather than for uh, video. Uh, what am I focused on right now? Well, I'm obviously very, very much focused on the Euro 2020 football um, tournament. It is the most important thing that's happening um, in the world uh, right now, and it's certainly dominating uh, the outlook for, for Europe. And, of course, um, as a, an, an England fan, we have been drawn in the knockout stage against uh, you know, a, a global superpower, in football, which is Germany, and it's, 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 it's often said that you know, football is a, it's a simple game. It's 22 men chase a ball for 90 minutes, and at the end, the Germans always win. Uh, I'm very much hoping that on Tuesday that won't be the case when England play uh, Germany and also be cheering on uh, Wales against uh, Denmark as, as, as well. So, uh, yeah, that's what I'm focused on at the moment, if I'm brutally honest. And, and do you like their chances? Um, uh, not enough to put a lot of money on it, um, but my but my heart is is, is there. But no, I mean more, more since I mean at the moment, you know, in terms of kind of the focus that I have, um, it's you know looking at some of the um, data that's coming through for for Europe and and, and the UK. We've just had the latest uh, purchasing managers indices uh, for for Europe. They were better than expected, um, particularly particularly on the services side. And I think that speaks to the fact that, you know, the reopening is now, you know, underway uh, within Europe after, uh, you know, the, the, the COVID infection wave uh, that, that, that Europe experienced and then lagging behind North America um, and uh, uh, the UK to some extent in terms of um, rolling out um, ro- rolling out vaccines. So I'm actually, you know, looking at the data, um, you know, what we're seeing, I think, is pretty strong momentum. And I think, you know, there's still some scope for some upside surprises in terms of uh, Europe. I think, you know, investors have got very kind of sceptical about uh, Europe and, and there's been sort of serial disappointments and uh, one can never uh, sort of rule that out again. But I, I do think that we're going to have a pretty strong um, second half. I think that's going to be true also of the, the, the UK. And, and even when we look sort of further afield, um, that some of the emerging markets as well are starting to um, show a, a, a sort of acceleration, you know, excluding China um, into uh, the, the, the second half. The, the one sort of, sort of uh, other aspect which I'm kind of focused on, perhaps because I'm a UK resident, but it's is, is, is the Delta variant um, yeah. of uh, COVID. And uh, I'm, I'm sure you're aware uh, that actually the, the rate of infection in the UK is actually 
you know, is going up. We are facing now another wave, despite the fact that, um, you know, 60% of the UK adult population now have had two um, jabs of, um, of uh, vaccines. So I think it kind of speaks to just how um, uh, more infectious or transmissible is the, 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 the Delta variant. And, you know, I think what happens actually in the UK over the next two or three weeks is going to be, I think, of broader importance in the sense that, you know, the, the thing that we're very much hoping for, and so far the evidence supports, is that the link between COVID infections and hospitalisation has been, if not broken completely, it's been significantly um, weakened. And, and the data in the UK so far is actually suggesting that is the case. There's a, there has been a small pickup in the number of people admitted to hospital, typically younger people who haven't had either one or, 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 or two doses of um, vaccine. But I think over the next couple of weeks, um, we'll, we'll see to what extent that link between infections and hospitalisation has been weakened. And the reason I say it, I think it is of, you know, sort of broader um, interest is that, you know, unfortunately COVID isn't going to go away. Um, uh, the Delta variant, I fear, is going to become more prevalent um, in North America and across uh, Europe more, more, more generally. Um, and I think the key issue then is for us as, you know, for, for, for our health, uh, but, but also from a sort of economic and, and market perspective is that, you know, the vaccines are working in terms of, you know, reducing hospitalisation, obviously reducing um, uh, fatalities and, you know, meaning that we can continue this process of opening, uh, opening up uh, economies. So on, on the positive side, I think the data that's coming through is showing, um, you know, pretty strong growth fundamentals you know, not only in the United States and North America, but actually um, in Europe. And I think we're going to get some pretty strong numbers coming out of Europe over the coming uh, months. But I, I don't think we should, you know, but we should also kind of keep track of what's happening, if you like, in terms of uh, the Delta variant. Yeah, and, and we're just, um, just always uh, hopeful that we're all going to get through this. Uh, but it, uh, I, I don't think anyone anticipated that it would go away easy. And, yep. uh, and and we're seeing these variants. I was reading this morning about the Delta Plus variant, uh, which is uh, has come on the scene in, um, in in India. So we'll we'll wait to see on that. But but given all of that, David, what is what do you think that means for markets? What are you thinking about in terms of of how that backdrop plays into what's happening in markets around the world? Yeah. So I I, I think at the moment uh, markets are are in an interesting. And I would say kind of more challenging place because the underlying sort of fundamental and growth outlook, um, including for corporate earnings, is very positive, is very, is, is very strong. Um, uh, as we've discussed, you know, there's a, you know, good evidence that vaccines are being effective in terms of COVID. And so despite the Delta variant, we will continue this process of opening up and returning to, you know, something um, approaching uh, normal, but actually a lot of that is in the price. Um, you know, we have to be, uh, you know, honest and sort of say when we look across most um, assets, valuations certainly by historic standards are, are, are rich. Um, now, that doesn't mean that, you know, I think there's going to be a 
big correction or you know a, a, a turning bearish i think there's lots of reasons to you know fundamental backdrop is still um very um supportive but a lot is in the price and so it's getting harder now now i think to sort of see what's going to be the sort of catalyst for incremental um uh, gains i mean you know credit is currently doing you know w- reasonably well because uh, earnings are rising leverage is falling default rates keep on falling but you know i don't think there's that much room for spreads to tighten, so it's very much kind of picking up your coupon, um, getting your your, your carry as a source of income rather than significant sort of capital um, appreciation. When I look at um, uh, across fixed income, then we still have this ongoing debate about the extent to which inflation is transitory, which is one which is not you know, it's most acute in, in, in the U.S., but actually it's also a debate that's happening in the U.K. Um, and in uh, uh, Europe. Uh, but at the moment, you know, it's a pretty sort of low volatility environment. And I and I do think that, as we've been discussing at Blue Bay across a number of our strategies, we're still positioned in a, in a positive manner. Uh, we're still sort of pro-growth. But we do think that the kind of risk-reward balance has become somewhat less attractive. So we've actually been dialing down um, some of the risk uh, that we have in those um, uh, strategies because, you know, you don't want to kind of get sucked in in a sort of low volatility environment and with you know, equity markets sort of grinding higher that you can kind of get sucked in and keep on adding uh, risk to, you know, for, for diminishing for a diminishing reward. And then you're... You know, you can get caught out if we do get some kind of either a negative surprise or some kind of volatility shock um, or, you know, that inflation does actually prove to be more persistent, to be stickier, and, and, and we get another move in uh, the, the, the bond market. Yeah, and uh, and that's a fantastic synopsis. And uh, nice, to, nice to hear that the fixed income folks are somewhat positive because you're usually a, quite a dour lot. you. Especially when we go over to visit you at Blue Bay in, in the UK. That's what the, the, in the investment industry, that's what they say. The, the equity folks are optimists. The, uh, the fixed income folks are, are a little more pessimistic in terms of their, their outlook. Yeah, we're, we're always kind of looking down a little bit, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, as I say, we're not we're not we're not pessimistic, and, and it's been an interesting market at the, at the moment as well because you know we've seen. Um, some of the central banks starting to kind of shift, uh, you know, Bank of Canada, I think, has been interesting in that regard. The Bank of England is is, is sort of following the Bank of Canada and, and sort of signaling that it's going to start scaling back its um, QE. Um, the ECB, I think, is probably breathing a, a little bit of a sigh of relief that after the Fed meeting that we had recently, that's kind of taken some of the upward pressure off the uh, euro, maybe gives them a little bit more um, uh, room for uh, manoeuvre. But I think, you know, we're in that interesting environment where, you know, the, the, the broad macro outlook looks pretty good, but valuations are generally quite rich, and we've got, you know, a bit of divergence opening up amongst um, central banks as well. So I think we're going to have a really, you know, interesting, maybe a bit choppier um, second half of the, the, the year. So uh, an interesting one, I think, for, for, for investors still stay invested, but just, you know, be a little bit, a little bit cautious. Yeah, and, and, and I think one of the things that, uh, that I've learned from working with you and your, your colleagues for a number of years now is the importance of, importance of diversification. And, yeah. and I think a lot, for a lot of Canadian investors, um, 
I think most Canadian investors have gotten to the understanding of the importance of diversifying their equity, the equity portion of their portfolio, but it is just or even arguably more important to be diversified in your fixed income portfolio and certainly at times like this where, where markets can break very many different ways. And, and I know that yeah. that's the principle of, of what you preach as, as an investment strategist. Yeah, no, exactly. And, and, and I think, you know, we're going to now enter a period where, as I say, you know, on a sequential basis, I think we could, you know, have actually faster growth, for example, in, 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 in Europe in, in the third quarter than even in the um, U.S. So we've had a situation where, you know, China was sort of leading the way out and then um, the U.S. And, and I think, you know, Europe will kind of take up the baton to, uh, uh, some extent in, in the third and fourth quarters of this year. And then as we've discussed, we've got, you know, a bit of a sort of divergence opening up amongst, uh, the central banks. Obviously the Fed still is, you know, the most important central bank for global financial markets. But that does mean that I think it creates some interesting, um, you know, opportunities, uh, sort of relative value opportunities across different fixed income, uh, markets. Uh, it does mean, I think that you, you do get more uh, benefits from um, some diversification. And, and one of the things that I've been thinking about as well is, you know, if we are going to move into a world where we break out of the kind of low-flation regime where inflation has been very low and below target for a long time, um, which was characterized by sort of periodic scares around deflation and, and central banks switching on the, you know, the, the money printing machine uh, again and cutting rates, if we move into just a moderate inflation um, uh, sort of regime, then I think we move away from those highly correlated, synchronized risk on risk off moves. I actually think you get more diversification, um, and, and divergence across markets and across, um, assets as well. So, um, I think if we are moving into that kind of environment, which I personally think we are, um, then I think actually the rewards from having more globally orientated strategies and from uh, diversification and, and that fundamentals to start counting for more rather than just central banks. Uh, but that's maybe getting a little bit of a, uh, ahead of myself uh, sort of right now. Um, I know we'll have a chance to have another chat in, in, in a few months' time. Absolutely, and I, and I look forward to that. And, and, uh, and, I'm, and I'm glad you've got that positive mindset. You're going to need it for that England-Germany game. <laughs> I, uh, I will. My, my wife's family is Portuguese, so we, uh, we oh. experienced the, uh, the German machine, uh, in the group stage. So, uh, hopefully that Germany doesn't show up. Uh, the Germany that played Hungary yesterday shows up in, uh, at Wembley. <laughs> yeah, I very much hope so. Yeah, because, uh, as you say, they, they, they did a bit of a job against a very, very good, uh, Portugal side with, with the superstar of Ronaldo. So, um, but uh, actually, Portugal is one of my dark horses for uh, for for the, to win the tournament as as, as well. So uh, yeah, glad you, you're showing yourself as, as as an international man of culture. So uh. well, but you're as always the international man of mystery, <laughs> and you've helped investors solve some of the mysteries today. David, great to see you. Yeah, great um, to see you. Stay, stay safe and uh, and and enjoy the uh, the football. Yeah, you would say. Great. Thank you. All the best.